everybody. everybody. I'm Cameron. I'm Zach. I know everything. I know that they climbed a wall. They did climb a wall. And, and this, this is, is the Watching, Watching You Watch podcast. podcast. Game of Thrones, The Climb, Season oh. 3. Is So, man, like, okay, so the episode's called The Climb, and literally that, they approach it, it from, like, that. every angle. From, like, a lot of people's stories. Yeah, so, like, we have, like, a literal climb with, like, Jon Snow and the Wildlings going over the wall, and then, like, a lot of other metaphorical climbs. Metaphorical climbs on. talking about the difference between, like, you know... Uh, what was it like, basically, insanity or chaos? Is is it a pit or is it a, a ladder? Yes. So how much how how much of a climber are you feeling like today, Zach? Uh, a lot of there's a whole lot of things that happened that are like all at once. Like you were talking about with me just a little bit ago. Like a lot of things sort of are coming to fruition, and it's a little bit crazy. And also, Melisandre came back, and I, that always scares me. <laughs> I learned her name because she scares me. Um, why don't you recap? Like this episode, I know is like chock full of stuff, so it might be impossible to get like everything, everything. out but there. Some of the but, highlights, yeah. Um, back in the the band of the the Brotherhoods, Final Fantasy fifteen, they <laughs> are chilling and grilling, and all of a sudden Melisandre rolls up after like an impromptu archery res- lesson, and I was just like, "Why? Why are you here? What are you doing?" And she's all like, "So I." S- she sees like her old priest buddy who's the alcoholic rum priest because of course he's a the drunken priest. priest yep um and she's like you've brought this man back like six or seven times it's like what was in the afterlife darkness cool <laughs> <laughs> and she's like we need a person for purposes and they're like oh and so they take gendry and uh <laughs> Yeah, they, they take Not Gendry. good. And then she also looks into Arya's eyes and says she sees a big old darkness with three different color eyes looking back at her. And that is ominous as heck. Like, it's almost like she's bringing her I want to kill these people thing to life. Speaking of weird dream things, we get to see a, a nice little vignette of Bran Flakes' camp and how yep. Osha and... um the the sister yeah uh we don't we we, <laughs> we don't even know her, her name is her name is mira i don't know they don't really do a good job of introducing either mira or her brother no. jojen sister and dream seer yeah <laughs> yeah um and he has a thing and basically it's like you know john snows with the wildlings and everyone's like oh and hodor's like hodor <laughs> and that but it was nice to see much. hodor again it's it been was a nice bit. it was good it was good to reaffirm that that's all he says yep um that was really it for them on uh, King's Landing, a lot of shenanigans are going. Like I had anticipated before, there's definitely some fallout after Tywin's trying to do stuff. Nobody likes him for it, and everyone has plans going different ways. Like, I don't know whose plan it was specifically, but they, like, Loris and Sansa are meeting. But that's, I don't know. Yeah, it was originally like. Sort of like Marjorie. Varys being conspired nice. with Marjorie and the Tyrells yeah. to make sure that they could get Sansa to someplace nice, basically. Well, yeah, and that might and be. And also part of it. secure more power for the Tyrells because if, like, Loris married Sansa and yeah. Rob dies, like, then... they have, like, the heir to the north, basically. Exactly. And control the Tyrells. Like, easily. Right. It's so it's, like, nice. But also a little bit like but we definitely, want power. oh boy, definitely undertones. Right. I mean, I don't know. I still go back and forth. The Tyrells aren't terrible people, but they aren't good people. 
<laughs> but but Marjorie. But no. <laughs> Her the Grandma Tyrell is still pretty much the best. Her and Tywin had maybe one of my favorite exchanges of the show so far where they're like, well, you need to do this. And it's like, well, your daughter is probably not going to be able to build children anymore. And it's like, I don't care. And she's like, I don't either. And she breaks his quill. <laughs> yes. And that's how you summarize that because there is way too much witty dialogue and, oh my gosh. and wordplay for me to I summarize all of it. I die every time Olena Tyrell is on the screen. Like, uh, definitely like, my favorite please. action in that whole thing is... Uh, Tywin being exasperated when it's brought up that his kids are incestuous and he tries to like give her some wine and she's just like no and she puts her hand on she's you like, hear no, her like you. ring tink against yeah the wine she's glass. like no no like, no no. <laughs> <laughs> no honey no no your wine sucks <laughs> it's probably the the implication it might giving. be that's the undertones that I got because <laughs> I think I only take saw her take no that's actually what it was she only took one sip during that entire scene she yeah I don't think she, I ever saw her sipping she didn't she took one. They okay. both took one in the beginning, and she never drank. Oh, that's awesome. I never even... Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's like she's got no patience for this. You she's know? like, once again, no patience, and also it's not up to her standard. Yeah. And if it's not up to her standard, get out. Right. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. But, yeah, and also Xerxes and Littlefinger are basically meeting and have a heart-to-heart. It's interesting. They've been having uh, more heart-to-hearts now. You mean Cersei and uh, and uh, Tyrion, not Littlefinger. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Tyrion. we had to we had to do this for clarity because <sighs> the, if Cersei and, and and Littlefinger were meeting, I think we would have got an entirely different scene. That would have been nuts. <laughs> I'm just thinking about him because he really dropped a bomb at the end. But he did. like it, the moral of their little powwow is that yes, it sucks. Yes, they can do some stuff about it, but pretty much any way you roll the dice, um, Tyrion is screwed. And also, I think that didn't they say that um, Joffrey was the one that ordered Tyrion to be killed? He just sort of assumed it, or like, and, like Cersei implied. didn't really say a whole lot about it. So it's still it really ambiguous. Way. Like it's she could have done it, but or like his father, his father wouldn't have done it because Tyrion definitely there's like it really out well. three suspects. It's either like. Joffrey, his father, who's probably least likely because he showed up later, and then Cersei is the other. Yeah, and I feel like, especially when he said about, like, the poison thing and he could have done it quietly, like, he was, like, testing his sister out because that's something she would do because she's not dumb. Right. But it makes the most sense that Joffrey would do it because, like, why on earth would you not kill this, you know dude right in a back alley it's almost somewhere. funny like he's like if like if you you should advise her son if he's going to have someone killed like at least do it do it right, right. it's yeah it's <laughs> kind of funny because in the end it's like almost like him coaching to like try and coach her uncontrollable son right Who killed rose yeah f f joffrey yeah Ro- rose is dead he's the worst rose is dead Varys lost his contact and little finger it's a lot more devious than I'd given him credit for. Like, for a while, he sort of seemed like he wasn't on the up and up, and at the end of this episode, you're like, oh, dang, that's yep. not good. Yep, <laughs> yep. Um, what else happened that was important? Once again, we had said there's not too terribly much to it, but um, Jon Snow and Egret climbed the wall. But a little bit more importantly is that they sort of, like... <laughs> The scene was sort of romantic and also horrifying, where she's like, you know, it's like, I know you're loyal, I know you're a good man, and if you do anything else, your balls are mine. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, I know, I know that you're you're not really like. Well, loyal and the to important us. thing is like, yeah, yeah, I know you're not loyal to the wildlings. You're still loyal to the crows, but don't you cross me? <laughs> yeah, and she like implies like, hey, like let's like run away together, basically, when we get on the other yeah. side of this wall. At first, I thought, well, until she like mentioned the balls, thing, I thought she was gonna say it's like we're you know we're for foot soldiers in this like why don't we just pretend to be dead and run away and be new, become new people but it was like no it's like you belong to me now right <laughs> be good 
basically. <laughs> <laughs> Be good. I know you. Anything else you'd like to recap? Um, well, the whole little finger drop was pretty good. Um, yeah. Because he, once again, he gave Rose over to Joffrey for him to do sick, twisted things. He left without taking Sansa with him, which at first I thought it was like Loras leaving, but then we saw that which i don't even know what that's about the sparrow on the sale i don't even know what that's necessarily about well like the sparrow is like his sign like i don't know like you see like his little like pin on his outfit all the time the sparrow it's like he's made it his like yeah sigil even though like he doesn't have sigils some weird power plays going on yeah and it's kind of scary how much he's looking for power and like the whole thing where he's like he's he's counted the swords on the throne like Oh, yeah, like when we find danger. him in that scene, he's staring at the throne. It's like danger, danger, danger. It's like okay, we know what he's got on his brain. Yeah. The only other thing is Theon gets tortured, and I don't understand, like, right. why that's important. Well, <laughs> I do want to start there as far as my my recap questions oh. go. So, are, are are you good with your? Okay. Yeah. No, that's a that's most of the high points. Okay. So so Theon, you brought up already, and I do want to start with him because. It's like we we've been seeing him for like half a season so far, just in this like weird endless cycle of torture, you know, and like, you know, we think he's getting out of it. But then the guy who's torturing him now is the one who did it. And it's just right. And then like they play this game and by game, it's not fun for anybody. It's not actually. (laughs) Um, It's not a game. It's uh, basically this whole thing where he's like, if you guess right about who I am and why I'm torturing you, like, I will, I will. Full disclosure. Yeah, like, I'll let you go or something. And, like, and then he's like, actually, I won't let you go because we know how this ends. It's, you know, it's not going to have a happy ending, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that happens in that scene. And basically, at the end of it, Theon ends up begging to have his finger chopped off because of, like, the pain. And he loses the game. Uh. So... Part of the nature of that game, though, was like trying to figure out who his torturer was. Uh-huh. Do you have any theories about who this torturer is? I I don't know, and that's what really kind of terrifies me because I have serious doubts that anything that Theon guessed was actually correct. Okay, like he was just like desperate. Yeah, because he was desperate, and like he said no to the first thing to get. Like it was just like a very predictable pattern. And, like he hurt him. He's like, oh no, and then he said something. He's like, oh no, oh my, how did you get that? Yeah, and it's like next, next, and it's like, hmm, hmm. Like he's definitely toying with the on hardcore. Yeah, like a hundred percent. And I don't know. What's kind of creepy to me is thinking back to thinking if none of that was real. Like the like sort of cons- like you know serious look on his face before was probably less oh no he's found me out in an act and more this isn't going to be as fun as i wanted it to be or maybe it's like another ruse like where he pretended to be you know like loyal to the greyjoys when they broke him out like that whole thing i don't know and it's terrifying (laughs) but i think the one true thing i think that i believe from is that he's a liar and that has been backed up pretty consistently i would agree i that's why i can tell you but no speculation as to like whose side he's on where he's I, at, my my thought has always been, and I think it even said before, is that he's someone in his sister's camp that's just torturing him because she would enjoy it. <laughs> and just because, I don't know, maybe like someone lower on the Greyjoy family that just thinks this is fun and once he's dead, maybe could take his spot or something. Yeah, yeah. Like that's my best guess. I can't think of anyone specifically that would want to hurt him unless really like just really just grabbing at straws like maybe a relation of the two boys that he burned but i thought they were from like an orphanage or something yeah they were orphan boys see like that's the thing i can't i don't 
I don't feel as if we know enough about Theon to know what this dude's motivations would be. Right. Um, I know like that's like a really hard one to figure out, but maybe even harder yet to figure out is what Melisandre is doing. Oh, I don't even want to know. So she comes to she comes to the Brotherhood without banners, and she's like, you know. You know they're comparing notes basically about the Lord of Light and and she's just in awe of the fact that we you know there's been multiple resurrections that have happened here. Yeah. But then she says she's here for something and she and she specifically takes Gendry with him, with her and she says like, you will bring like you will you will cause kings to fall and will like raise kings to power basically is what she says okay. and she takes him with her. So, do you have any guesses as to what her plans are? I oh, oh man, I don't know. The thing with this is, she wants Stannis to be the winner, correct? Correct. That's definitely her game. But I don't understand how a bastard child of the old king will help. I don't know if it's she's gonna perform some more like uh, Lord of Light voodoo on him and do something <laughs> weird. Like I see him more as like a bomb rather than something like she'd do something to him that would like go in and like kill joffrey or kill like a high-ranking officer or something i don't know and I, yet she wants specifically gendry a bastard of the old king i feel as if that's kind of intentional and i mean she traveled a pretty darn good distance to get there so right. it's got to be important she wouldn't have just done it on a whim anything mm -hmm. she's ever done has been for very specific reasons it's just since she's one of the few magic-y "Quote unquote people in the show, it's it's very hard to predict what she will do with this person because it's not like a power play. Like, oh look, I have this. Mm -hmm. So she's uh, not she's not showing her hand too early. No, she hasn't, and it's not. And the way she plays is not, you know, like the intrigue and stuff. It's like I need this and I need this, and if I don't get it, something heads will roll and crazy happens. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, she's always just been, like, I don't know. It's the difference between, like, a monster chasing you and, like, a zombie slowly moving towards you. She's, like, the <laughs> zombie slowly moving towards you. It doesn't stop, and it just sort of defies reason. Yep. A monster you can kill. Melisandre, I don't know. <laughs> yep. Um, and then she also talks to Arya for, like, a like a hot second. And oh, that was creepy. And she like says that she sees eyes within Arya's own eyes that are, like, the, like, she seems to imply that these are, like, lives that... Arya is going, going to. to take and she says she sees brown eyes she sees blue eyes and she sees green eyes so oh. do you have any thoughts maybe if there are I know uh... one of those eye colors has to be Joffrey okay do you have any thoughts of who who the other people are that I mean like what which ones do you think most feasibly are are, are is Arya gonna kill before this all ends uh, I think it might hmm I don't know. And the thing with this is what's scary is maybe they're not even people she intends to kill. I mean, the only person so far I feel she's like that killed she's killed that one stable boy. Yeah, she killed the one stable boy. So, like, she's not a killer, but, like, it's weird. Like, Melisandre looks at her and she, like, knows, you know, like, this girl's going to be a killer, basically. And that's weird because that... And the thing with it is is it has more credence, especially since, you know... Melisandre's the, saying it. Well, no, the assassin before her is like, hey, I can teach you a thing or two. He wouldn't just say that to anybody. He'd say it to someone he saw potential in. So it that, like, double checks. Right. <laughs> what Melisandre is saying, which makes it more scary. Not that anything she said hasn't been wrong before, but still. Right. 
Uh, hmm. So, I mean, she. I feel you, you really do think that she's going to start crossing names on that list? I, I don't know when. That's the problem. But I feel as if she might. And maybe it's not even the people we suspect. Like, maybe it'll be people within the Brother Without Banners or whatever. Yeah. Um, interesting. And I feel as if, like, the Hound may be sooner on her kill list than later. Because she's going to probably run away from the band without brothers. And maybe she'll, like, be the seventh and lucky kill on, like, the, <laughs> the undying dude or something. I don't know. I'm not sure, but... I mean, they let him. They let the Hound go, and that was it, so... Uh, I don't think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt that's it. But... It, pretty much any time she's had to bust out of somewhere, someone's had to be killed, and now she is literally on her own because she doesn't even have Gendry anymore. Yeah, Hound's not there. There's no more <laughs> hot pie. Yeah, there's no more hot pie. Yeah, that's sad. the color of his eyes, but <laughs> well, let's not. Let's hope he's not getting back into this. Mm. He made her beautiful bread, and I wanted to stay that way. Yeah. I want that to be the last good memory. <laughs> Um, one last piece of like weird planning stuff I want to touch on before we get into like the big like theme of this this episode, which mm-hmm. we've already touched on a little bit, but mm-hmm. we'll get there. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Jamie and Brienne and what they're at, uh, yeah, having this yeah, dinner. They're having this dinner with Roose Bolton, who, if we remember, Roose Bolton is you know this uh, bannerman to the Starks. Like yeah. he he you know he and he's talking about like what should I do with you, Jamie? Because, like, if he's being a good bannerman, like, he should send Yeah, and that's what's interesting, back. because it means that he has doubts that, you know, the king of the north can win. Right. But then he also says at the same side that he's like, maybe the smarter thing to do is to sell you back to the Lannisters because wars require money, and, like, you would give me a lot, basically. And it could possibly help the war fund, but I don't know. Like, what do you feel like Roos is doing here? Because this is the first time we have really drawn on someone who's, like, a subordinate of, like... Rob, that we haven't seen. Right. Like, he hasn't been in Rob's presence. We've seen... He well, we've seen him... works with him. We've seen him a few times, like, earlier on. But he's, like, huh. the one... He'd be, like, like, I was, like, you know, yes, my lord. You know, no, my oh, lord. That kind of thing. That. Yeah. But I don't know. I, like, I just said I feel as if it's more of a... He wants to be on the winning side, and it may not necessarily be the Starks, so he's like, you know... <laughs> he's like hedging his bets. Hedging his bets. It's like, hmm, the best option. Give you back to your father. Tell him I didn't hurt you anyway. Get money for the war. Continue to fight. Both sides are generally happy with me, regardless of what happens. Like, he seems like a very practical man. Right. Not necessarily a loyal man, which is interesting, because, yeah... A loyal Bannerman would have immediately just brought Jamie back. And it's interesting. I also see him as seeing sticking with his own interests because he won't let uh, Bray go with him. Yeah, Brienne is, he's like, you know, Brienne stays here because she's a traitor to the Stark camp. Exactly. Like, she won't, like, because of what her mother did. Or I feel it's more that he's worried what she would do with him. Like, he wouldn't benefit if she took him there you know what i mean right he benefits if he takes jamie wherever it is what do you think about like jamie's reaction though to that like when he says like brianne stays with me and she will suffer the fate of a traitor because of what she did and he gets kind of like defensive like what did you think about that i that was interesting i think at this point they kind of know they they are each other's sort of bastion in this crap hole because it is true she is a traitor even among 
even just by being like she was like loyal but she was loyal to a traitor you know exactly so she was darned if she did and darned if she didn't right (laughs) kind of thing so i feel as if they feel a Maybe there is some kinship. I don't know. I go back and forth on it, but there is some kinship between the two. I mean, last episode we saw them, you know, having this moment in the baths together. You yeah, know? and this time she helped him cut his food so he could eat it. Yeah, that was a great scene. That was a great moment. <laughs> him sitting with the fork, just like, oh, come on, come on. And with yep. the knife, and she just like stabs his big old She's ho- like, stop it. This, this is, this is annoy- annoying me now. This so. is annoying me now. <laughs> I need to eat. Um, Okay, well, there's a lot of other things to uh, talk about this episode. A lot of key things that happen, like the wildlings making it over the the wall, or Mm -hmm. like the phrase coming to Camp Stark and making a you know amended version of their deal. Like, there's some really big things that happen this episode, and it's almost too much to count. But the thing I feel like this episode really shines in is its final moments where uh, we have this speech between Varys and Littlefinger about their various politicking um, and um, like you know Varys Varys basically says like you you know like I did all of what I did you know like I I used your people and all this kind of stuff that you didn't like like I did what I did Mm -hmm. because it's for the good of the realm and then and he's like because chaos is like this pit that we'll all like collapse into if chaos remains so like he wants to ensure the realm remains stable and then Littlefinger is like no chaos is a ladder because it's the it only within chaos is there like opportunity to climb basically and like they're all like everyone's climbing you know so I want to kind of talk about this in a very kind of like metaphorical level because Hmm. there's a lot of climbing going on. And a lot of this episode seems to be about people climbing in position, but also like falling as well. You know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. So like maybe we can go through a few characters and kind of like really discuss (laughs) like, you know, who's a climber right now and who who's falling. Who? Sam's a climber. He is. The episode does start with him and Gilly, you know, just camping in the woods. Like, it's like, aw, he could be a good dad. He's climbing <laughs> up the dad ladder. <laughs> yeah. He's got the dad bod thing already down. He's got the dad bod. <laughs> he got that dad bod. Yeah, I feel as if, and it's funny because now the head images, I have people on various like stilts like climbing higher than each other and trying to knock each other off their stilts. I feel like that's a, as apt a net metaphor as any, though, because, I mean, you can be like Tyrion, who started, who was in last season, like, the Hand of the King, and everything was great, and, like, now he's, he's like... He's been knocked down quite a few pounds. Yeah, and he's, like, thriving to not get knifed by somebody. He's, <laughs> he's just at the point where, I just want to live through this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because before he had some ability to not get knifed all the time, and now he's back in the knife zone. Yes. Um... But it's interesting because everyone in their struggle for power also pushes someone down. It's almost like the ladder is them stepping on each other. Yeah, that that might be a fair thing. If you had to think of someone who like like is like the ultimate climber right now, like who do you think it would be? I definitely have to say Littlefinger because it's kind of terrifying that he went from being someone without any house, which is like the biggest deal in Westeros, right. to where he is now, where he could possibly finagle himself in a way either right next to the king or become like the king right so then 
okay maybe it might be better to phrase the question this way do you feel like generally like in westeros right now are like the people who are controlling the flow of the game the most like the people who hold like titles and power like you know tywin and rob and cersei and all this stuff Mm -hmm. or are they the background players like varus and littlefinger and i mean olena is theoretically a background player because her husband is technically the one who runs everything you know oh he's technically the lord (laughs) yeah right so we all know who wears those pants we definitely do (laughs) we definitely do but then i mean you got other people too like melisandra and the brotherhood and like all these these different factions who you know they're not people who hold titles or power yet but they're shaping things well and we can even go back to daenerys because she went from literally nothing to an army that's true so i feel as if this is a thing we've touched on a lot and it's just like the titles are not necessarily important and we see a lot of that where like sometimes a title if someone uses it correctly it can be a great thing it can be a good thing but also that that doesn't have a bearing on what a person can achieve and what they can do because we've seen people who have had nothing and are up with the power players who started at a lot higher rung right right so I don't know. I feel as if that that's a very pervading theme that like, you know, don't 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 discount the underdog <laughs> like a whole lot. I mean, like even this whole war is sort of like whoever thought the north would snap back at the south. Right. And they're like toe to toe for the most part. Do you have a favorite underdog right now, Zach? Um, mm. <laughs> or maybe you're afraid to say because this yep. is a Game of Thrones and they yep. might end up dead. <laughs> don't wanna don't wanna have any hopes. Come on, indulge us. Indulge us. Who's all your right. favorite underdog right now? Favorite underdog. Hmm. I have to think through all of them. Hmm. And it depends on who we count as an, an underdog, like our background player, because Olena's the best. Yeah. <laughs> but is she question. really an underdog? I don't know. No. Yeah, I know, because that's the thing, because she held enough sway that like <laughs> her and Tywin were able to throw their collective oh power my back and forth at yes, each other. Yes, that scene is perfect. But um, favorite underdog, uh huh, that's really tough because I mean, like there are easy choices like Arya and stuff, right? And then there are some people who fell. Like I don't, I don't necessarily want to see Theon rise, but <laughs> I'm interested to see where that goes, right? Cause, I mean, like the simple ones are like Arya or like Sam or even like Jon Snow are like he is a little bit of an underdog great right now. Underdog things happening. I mean, because what would you really do in that situation that he's in? You know, like exactly. That's, I mean, that's a little bit tricky. He, yeah, he can't really do much of anything. Right, he's a, a spy deep, deep, deep undercover. But it's like, is he even really a spy anymore? Like exactly. we don't even really we know exactly. Yeah, and that's what's weird because we don't know what he'll do, and that's what's kind of interesting about his arc yeah um i don't know a lot of the people that haven't got a lot of screen time i just want to see what they do like brand's whole camp that's true where they're going what they're going to do because at a certain point they're going to be with the wildlings because they're pretty close to the wall they're going north and sam is also close to the wall i guess he's planning to go through castle black which oh i'm afraid i am so afraid for that yeah things are getting because you know what the easy thing for him to just be able to pass through there and be no one is actually a terrifying thing. <laughs> and actually learning, like, in the past few episodes that most of the castles are actually unmanned. If, yeah. If even part of that is true, is scary. The forces have truly dwindled for the Night's Watch, which is really scary. Yeah. Considering that they're facing probably the greatest threat that ever could, up yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I don't know. 
it's hard for me to pick a specific underdog. Yeah. But my typical ones would be like a lot of the outliers like Arya and Sam and John. <laughs> um, okay, but let's move into our weekly wrap-up questions. This is a fun episode because we do get to see mostly everybody. We don't see Daenerys yeah. and a few others, but um, you know, we really do get a sense of that, and we also really do get a sense of where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's start with Stark of the Week. Um, because because we do see a lot of them this episode. I think we do see. I think we see all of them actually. Um, I think we see all the Starks. I think so too. Because we see Rob. Yeah, we, we see, see Rob, Arya, Sansa. See, mm-hmm. Yep, and, and Catelyn. If you, and if you can't count John too. Yeah, John. Yep, yep. Um, so who who's your Stark of the week this week? Hmm, that one's tough. To Sansa because it's like a pity vote. Yeah, I know. Because she just got dunked on again. She did. That's that poor crazy. girl. I don't know. I feel as if I was the most surprised and sort of happy to see Rob. Okay. Like, Rob came back to the whole free thing and I was like, I thought that would go completely different, but he submits completely, like lays yeah. his pride down and also keeps his other people in line. Right. He like, handles that situation about as well as you could. Yeah, I feel like it was really good because I thought that he would break, but no, he's it's going to happen, which is weird, and I don't know how that's going to go, but like that was very surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I really showed it to you, but in my head I was just like, what? <laughs> this is actually happening? I thought I just thought he was, I don't know, I thought he was going to pull some sort of a ruse to get across the bridge and be like, neater, neater, screw you. Right. And weird old Frey was going to like, you know, yell and be angry but nothing would happen but, but now no. he needs the phrase and their armies you know so it's like not only does he he has to get the guy who he betrayed to fight with him like but now he has to like make his wife like his mistress well he of. no he he can still be married to her it's just that uh edmure his uncle catelyn's brother yeah is going to have to marry a fray yeah, Which well, there's is, that too. So, like, yeah, he he screwed that up. It's double fray, right? Thanks. Right. So, like, because he can't be married because of you know him being oh, already okay. married. Like, they basically are like we're arg- we're gonna argue for the next best thing, which is oh, okay. you know, the heir apparent to the to At the first, Tullys. I thought, well, and they're also gonna let them have a hammer hall. Heron hall. Hammer. Yeah, hammer fall. It's funny too. I feel like anytime like someone's like bartering for that like someone's greater involvement, like we'll give you Heron hall. Sold. It's like like everyone wants Heron hall. <laughs> everyone wants Heron hall. It's like they have Disney World in there somewhere. <laughs> I know, but if you remember, I mean, that was like the rat torture place. Well, yeah, exactly. It <laughs> so doesn't it's not seem exactly like a place Disney you want to fight over. It's like it was a great fort. It's yes. not so much right now. It's not Disney World. It's not quite Disney World. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's Disneyland, but not Disney World. <laughs> okay. Um, well, who would you give the crown to this week based on how well they play the game? Uh, this one, to me, I can't even imagine because it's like there's so many people who we see like you can clearly see them like they're making power plays this episode um that are lining up you know things to come so yeah. i feel like this one's a really tough one to figure out i mean like the like the way that like tywin dealt with like olena is really interesting but the way olena dealt back, back tywin, to him like yeah, yeah but in the end really like we still got you like know, basically no forward motion on either camp right and then you got little finger doing his stuff well that's the thing i don't know 
like he did a lot of stuff but i'm not sure how strong his play is it's like we've seen the first part of his move but we haven't seen where it was going right so i don't feel like i can give it to him i actually feel like i want to give it to olena because she okay. stood her ground and like kept things going even like, though she did concede to like tywin's terms basically i still feel like it was the best for her because you also have to consider that she is a has a very tenuous alliance with them and she was still able to stand strong right against a lot of different stuff right so and also her option was definitely the best one for her like she took the best option and stuck it as much to tywin as she possibly could she did yeah so and i'm i don't know and i even just want to say it for the way that she handled him because there's been i have not seen anyone that has gone toe to toe with him that she, she got is, under his skin i know like that has deigned to cause him to like have to respond back in kind like that you yeah. know what i mean Oh my gosh. She was just so beautifully acerbic with like, him. Like, that was good. Like, <laughs> I feel like she definitely gets that. Yeah. Because we've seen her, like, just talk to other people and do stuff. But this was her first, like, time she made a, like, this was her first official screened power play, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, even, it's kind of like we've seen her, like, throughout the season so far. Like, she's collecting information with Sansa. She's sending Marjorie to, like, make nice with Sansa. She's, doing you these, know, doing like, all these things. Little things that you then you know. see. But oh, this and then she's, like, bartering with Tyrion in an earlier episode. Like, yes. you know, we, all this was, like, I feel like preparing this moment where Elena was going to be forced into a decision. But, like, how she deals with that decision, you know. Is great. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Like, it couldn't have been done much better. Okay. Well, on that note, though, while, I mean, she plays that the best she can, but there's also a lot of plans that are made, you know, as a result of that, and also a lot of plans made just in general in this episode. So who do you think has the best plan moving forward, and who has the worst plan moving forward? Hmm. That one is tough. Um... I still, I and I feel even more sadly about it this week, I still feel as if Tywin has worse plan. By, like, pressuring? By pressuring Elena. what, like, well, just by pressuring what he wants, because no one on either side has relented, and we've seen they've pushed back, and yet he still will only accept what he wants. And it's almost his stubbornness that makes me give him, like, this again for a second time. Like, the fact with, that for he's, the same like, thing. the fact that he's, like, testing the limits with... Well, it's not even like testing. It's to him. It's not even testing. It's like, this is what's going to happen and you're going to do it. And he doesn't have any concept of the amount of blowback that these people could cause for him. Okay. Okay. So if that's your, that was your worst plan, right? Worst plan. Okay. So what's your best plan then? Ooh, boy. Um, hmm. There's a few cop outs, but I'll try <laughs> to stay away from those. I mean, like the, the easiest cop out would be climbing over the wall is the best idea for the wildlings. Oh my <laughs> Just gosh. get away from that. But once again, that's a cop-out. So. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about moving forward here, too. I mean, obviously that plan's working better for them because they're in a better strategic position right now. <laughs> or maybe, you know, Jon Snow and uh, Egret can run away more easily now. Yeah, it, but once again, cop-out. <laughs> that's in cop-out zone. Um, it's really tough. Okay. I... Hmm because who's doing it the best is hard to tell because no one's really quote-unquote winning at this point. Um, What's your gut feeling? I want to say Littlefinger because all the stuff that he seemed like he wasn't doing and all the stuff he was playing is coming to fruition. And we've seen this last season where Littlefinger is like a very long picture person 
Like, he's the one who got the Tyrells to come and save the day at the very end of the last season. Yeah. Like, that was him. Yeah. I, I don't think I've given him as much credit as I should have. I've kind of written him off. So I feel like this whole thing, while some of it will come to bite him in the butt, I feel like he's made maybe one of the best strategic decisions that I've ever seen him make in the show. Right. So I will give best plan to him. Okay. And, and part of it is is because... I'm scared of his plan because I don't know where all it's going. So I think it's pretty good. <laughs> so that's why I want to give him best plan. It's the... <laughs> so if I can't go for the most easy cop-out answer, it's whose plan am I the most afraid of? Beside Melisandre's because that's just the baseline I mean, level you know. of fear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, with all these things going on, all this incredible moving and shaking and people planning and scheming and all this kind of stuff, how hopeful are you feeling, Zach? Uh... Not as hopeful. <laughs> We're talking like a four. Yeah, like when you see Sansa at the end, like crying. Like, like... A, Sansa was crying. Arya was told she was going to become a vicious murderer. Yeah. John and Egret know that there's no easy way for them to have a life. Yeah, they're Sam like... Sam is in like literally like the perfect horror movie situation to get murdered. He is. Like a lot of the people that I love are not doing well. And Gendry just gets straight up yoinked. Yeah. Melisandre's like, this is mine now. And I'm like, oh, done. He's gone. Don't even care about him anymore, Zach. No more feeling in this character. You must you must cut off your feelings now. <laughs> cut off your feelings now before they are wounded. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a lot that's not good. And I also very much like Varys being like the, like the sort of quote-unquote true neutral like protector of the realm. And the fact that he kind of seemed to have fallen is bad in my opinion. Like, that sucks. Right. Because he always tries to do the best for things, but, you know, Eddard still got his head chopped off, and, well, Littlefinger just kind of wrecked him. Yeah, Littlefinger probably won this episode. Yeah, this episode. Once yeah. again, I'm sure there will be more back and forth. I feel like but... there's, like, this eternal battle between Varys and Littlefinger, you know? And we could probably make a weekly question just out of, like, okay, so, like, who was who the won? winner? We... Who won this Var week? Varys or Littlefinger? <laughs> yeah, just for, like, if they have a scene together, like, who won? Yeah. Because there's always, like, like you know, there's all there's such great verbal, like, sparring between them. But then, like, ultimately what I come back to is, like, Varys is like, I have no real quarrel with you beyond the fact that you don't play for the realm, you know? Yeah, but Littlefinger doesn't care, and unfortunately, selfishness will win out over someone who has, like, a, like a code. Right, right. Well, as always, Zach, it is a pleasure watching you watch. Uh, hmm. This episode in particular was was a lot of fun. This makes me anxious. So, um, if you've been enjoying Zach's journey through Game of Thrones, I know I certainly have. Mm. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a leading question. Maybe you have a better idea of something we can ask in leading head. We got some great stuff coming up ahead in Game of Thrones. Oh boy! Oh How much gosh. is left in the season? Uh, we just watched episode six, so yeah. we got a little under half a uh, season left. So, oh, dear. you know, I mean, there's a lot happening. Like, think about this, though, in comparison oh. to the other seasons. I know. It's kind of mind-boggling. Like, at this point, we have hidden as much things as would have happened in season one. Right. It's right. kind of nuts. It, it is very nuts. Um, the show just moves at this, like, breakneck pace, and I kind of love it. Um, see, season three is definitely a very mobile season with just the amount of stuff that they do. So it's it's good. It's real good. Um, so yeah, but maybe you've got a question for Zach that's a leading question. We'd love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our YouTube channel. Maybe you are watching uh, this the video version of the podcast here. Um, 
that, listening. That's uh, useful NPCs. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find this podcast on iTunes if you are on YouTube. Um, so there's a good way to do it, too. We have uh, a Tumblr that you can connect with us and also Twitter. Uh, both of those mm-hmm. are useful NPCs. So uh, we'd love to, for you to connect with us and uh, send in your questions, anything yeah. uh, like that. We'd love to hear from you. So, we like yes. nerd stuff, and we assume you probably do, too. Yes. Um, so yeah, Zach, we're getting, we're getting through season three. That's why I ask. I'm, I'm just scared because I know it's only going to get more intense from here. And I want to know when I could get a break. (laughs) When you can get a break from the action, the drama. Zach, you're watching Game of Thrones. It, it's taxing. (laughs) It is. It is. Maybe, maybe we need to do something lighthearted, like get you some cotton candy. (gasps) That sounds good. But my tears will melt it.